2: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com.
0: Homestead Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace Fans. For Palace Fans.
3: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast Season 2, Episode 4. I'm your host Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk and I'm here along with Nick Philpott and Sam Heskiff to build you up to Frank Le Boer's do or die match against Burnley. Alongside previewing the Burnley game, we discuss Frank Le situation in depth, share some predictions, chat to Natalie from the No Nay Never podcast and we have a quick Where Is He Now? with former Crystal Palace Stadium announcer for all of that, remember to head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Right, yes, welcome. Um, first up, uh, Homesdale Radio Virgin, Sam Heskiff. Welcome, sir.
4: Thank you very much. Very happy to, I suppose, have my cherry popped by you both. <laughs> <laughs> I, um,
3: you
5: will. You will.
3: For this week's podcast, I wanted to draw for the um, the most miserable person I knew. So I couldn't have Glenn Murray, so I went for you, oh, that
4: I appreciate it. That's a crap <laughs> <happy> to
3: wear. <laughs> and, um, right, I'm going to just need some, um, some little trumpets played here for me now. Because Mr. Philpott's you this week on the BBS was crowned the king of spouting total uninformed nonsense congratulations apparently you've ta- you've taken over the mantle from Kevin Day on the FYP pod for no, being no. the king of spouting total uninformed nonsense congratulations sir on your new title
5: well thank you for this acc- accolade it means a lot to me it just it just goes to prove a why I never listen to Kevin Day and b why I never go on the BBS
3: <laughs> has anybody ever seen you and Kevin Day in the same room is a question
5: well the fact that I'm probably about 20 years older than you know, him <laughs> um...
3: <laughs> right um Heskiff as always first first time on the pod and um, we just get a little little touch on your history if there's a Palace fan career can we call it a career feels like one a really yeah. bad one <laughs>
4: uh, it feels like a long career already to be fair
3: <laughs> so what was your first live Palace match
4: First live Palace match um, was on the 30th of December, 1990. Um, we beat Liverpool 1-0 at home. Mark Bright scored. So it was a, a pretty good start. It's gone downhill since there. But it's, it was a good start. <laughs> not a bad start at all.
3: And um, you've got club man Mark Bright in there scoring the goal as well. <laughs> what more could you want? Um, I'm
4: assuming he's not your favourite all-time player, though. He isn't. Uh, someone who is at the club is my favourite all-time player. It's Wilf. Um, until very recently, it was Clinton Morrison um but Wilf has just just about overtaken him um but basically the most exciting player I've ever seen play in the palace colors um and you know I think in order to be up for my favorite player you have to come through the academy do well leave and then come back <laughs> Clinton yeah. and Wilf both did it so that's a question and, and fall over every time you shoot <laughs> uh, yeah that's
3: high up that's high up on there yeah and uh, yeah because Ian Wright did that as well didn't he
4: Um, and favourite goal my favourite goal it's a bit of an obvious one really but it's uh, Wilf's second against Brighton Um, just because you know it sealed the win it was at the Amex it it, you know killed them basically Um, and the rest of it was carnage after that so yeah an obvious one but I'm I'm sure everyone will agree it was a a good goal oh it certainly was I'll never
3: forget it Um, brief there let's flow through um if you remember last season, um, Seller Sound, the, the guy that does the announcing at Sellers Park, was um, unceremoniously removed from his role um, and replaced with a guy called Michael. Do we remember this?
5: Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Every, everyone, everyone lost their shit on Twitter and um, ended up <laughs> getting him out on, after a petition and getting Seller Sound back in. However, Michael, who was the guy that lasted only a few games, has um, gone viral this week <laughs> um, with his sort of mock rap uh, song, Man's Not Hot. Drop the clip in now, Billiam.
2: The king goes
3: so there you go <laughs> um that's not gonna be to everyone's taste i'm sure have you have you heard this Eskif?
4: i have indeed yeah heard so it
3: yeah so when i say uh two plus two is four you would say
4: <laughs> i don't know if my rap career is ready for the podcast yet mate but, uh,
3: <laughs> but it was uh it. it's been um yeah i mean Thankfully for him, I think it's good news that we got rid because um, he's obviously moved on to bigger things now. And even Amber Rose, who I believe is Kanye West's ex. I had to really do my research on this. I was struggling <laughs> to know who she was, has um, posted it. So um, fair play to him. Um, he is a Man United fan, so I wish it, I don't wish him any further success. So I hope that um, <laughs> everything else fails for him. Uh, Other news this week, Cleeton. I'm really rubbish with goalkeeper names. Cleeton Pentru, Perntreu? Was that his name? Yeah, Pentru. He was released, which is um, a little bit harsh to get released once the transfer windows closed. So you're out out until January. Um, But he's told the South London Press, I got told by the club officials that they needed to free up a space in the 25-man squad for a new signing that should be coming in in the next few days. Uh, Nick, is it going to be Bakary Sagna or does it simply have to be a striker?
5: Bakari Sagna or Bakari Sagna?
3: Um, Zachary Bagna.
5: Yeah, Zachary Bagna is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I think I saw a report by somebody today that he was actually seen up by the Soho offices. Was it today or, or yeah. yesterday? Um, <laughs> He's a right back, but is he the pri- Is he the priority that we need? Probably not. Do we need another goalkeeper? Yes, we do. So what do we do knowing Crystal Palace? We let one go. We need another striker. So what do we do? We potentially sign another right back. That's that about some Palace up really, doesn't it?
3: It would be the most defensive transfer window in history if we did get in um, Sanya. What What do you think, Eskif? Do you think it's got to be a striker?
4: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um... You know, even though Ward's not had a great start to the to the season, getting a right back in, you know, like Nick said, it, it, it's just not a priority at all. Um, if if Benteke gets injured, we're in trouble, basically. I, I don't think Freddie Ladipo's ready to step up.
5: No, what they're going to do is they're going to play the old Sagner up front because in his career, he's played 490 first team appearances, first class games, and he's scored five goals. So, <laughs> he's going up front and he? he's going up to well,
3: spot Danny Butterfield had a worse record than that I think up front and he banged a hat-trick so you
5: too, you too. <laughs> to be
3: fair
4: though Terrence that was against Hennessy
3: so <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: what a great um, shout there's one for poor old Wayne well um he's got his two clean sheets out the way for the season playing for Wales in the last week so um yeah oh poor Wayne I don't know I'm starting to feel bad um Look, let's head off. I wanna talk about um, Frank De Boer's situation in a bit more depth. So a little jingle and then we'll be back with that discussion.
0: There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them.
3: Follow us on Twitter at Proudham Palace. Right, this has been um, it's been talked about a fair amount on social media and so on. Um, I wanna I wanna question firstly whether Frank de Boer's been sold short. Or has he shot himself in the foot really by bringing a revolution when he promised an evolution? So I'll start with you, Nick. Do you do you, do you think it's fair that discussions about his job being up for grabs already is a bit do you, it's harsh for me? What what, what do you think?
5: He's yeah, he's been put in a bit of a knowing situation now, isn't he? He's. he's like, any talk of uh, dismissing the manager after three games, bearing in mind this time last year, we were actually in the middle, when we played Burnley, we were actually in the middle of a three-game loss uh, when we played Burnley under Parge's regime. I mean, the poor bloke hasn't, you know, A, he wasn't given any support. Port in the transfer window obviously the uh, uh, mamadou saku signing is a parish signing to appease the fans um the guy's just been left out to dry and i think he's clinging on by his fingertips and a lot of that is a down to the media b the fact that the senior management of the club didn't support him and 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 the horrible stuff that's been written on loads of the note uh, message boards uh around palace and you know and said on different podcast and everything else i just think it's appalling the way the guy you know show the man a bit of respect he's you know he has a great name within football and we're trying to kill him after three games it's just nonsense
3: well we say we haven't supported him and what's what taking a seat um, a backward step from it all and i think that's why it's good that there's been quite a few days now before the trans since the transfer window closed if you look at the signings that he has made in what we perceive to be his signings, so Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Timothy fosu Mensa, and Jaira Riedervold, I, I don't think there's any questions that Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Timothy fosu Mensa have been our best players this season. So if he would have been given more support in the signings, with there be more big money signings, perhaps not being forced to sign Sacco, maybe he could have gotten the players to do a better job. What do you think, Eskif?
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I definitely think Sacco is a Paris signing. Um, and, and, you know, I love I love Sacco. It's, it's great to have him back at the club, but centre-half wasn't a priority. Um, I, I think to, to come out of the transfer window again, where we're saying we haven't replaced Tennessee, uh, the squad depth isn't good enough, you know, Jordan Much is still here, John Yester's gone out on loan. It's the same old sort of story. Um, and, and like you say, I think if, if we decided we want to back him with, you know, to bring about his evolution or revolution, whichever it is, um, I think we would have gotten more more players and we would be in a better position than we are now. Um, I agree that Loftus-Cheek and Fossi Mensa have been been the best players so far. Um, it's not been too hard for them to stand out above everyone else, to be honest. <laughs> um but yeah, like you say, if, if they're the players that he, he brought in, De Boer, then it's a good sign that he can, you know, spot talent. Um and, and I think, you know, if if we wanna really establish ourselves, as we keep saying we want to do and push up the league, um, we just we need to we need to plan better um and not and not come out of the transfer window, you know, lacking as we seem to do most most times. Yeah, this is the ninth
3: time around for us in the Premier League of transfer windows. So you would have hoped by now we would have got it sorted, but apparently not. Um, next point I want to have a go at is, has the ball been a bit unlucky? If you think um, the amazing save from the Huddersfield keeper from Benteke's header in the first game, that would have changed the game if it went in there. Benteke's miss against Liverpool was at 0-0 um, when... Perhaps he really should be scoring there. Against Swansea, I can think of a couple of ridiculous last-ditch tackles, notably one on Kabaya, and Townsend twice just putting the ball wide when maybe he should have found
5: the bottom corner. Are these, are
3: these things that should turn for him, Nick, in the future?
5: You make your own luck in any sport, do without you? to carry on with the cliches, but you do. And because their confidence is low, and it is really low, on any other given day, that... that those chances, like the Benteco chance, would have been taken. Had that have been uh, at the back end of last season, when he was knocking them in for fun, um, he would have ta- he would have taken that chance. You and I could have taken that chance. It was so easy. You make your own luck. He's. I feel sorry for the guy. Um, I think as long as he's given the chance and. And I'm concerned that he hasn't been given the chance. And even at uh, this 11th hour before the Burnley game, the fact, the very fact that the um, press conference has been moved back, that worries me intently that the decision has already been made before we even travel to Burnley. Uh, I'm concerned for the guy. If he is given an opportunity, if he is given a chance, if he has got a bit of stability now, we got Sacco as and when he's fit to play. Um, I just hope they give him a run of two or three games. And I know we got some horrendous games fixtures coming up I worry for the guy I really do and I just hope Palace do something out of the ordinary this time and don't jump just leave things as they are give them an opportunity and again reverting back to the Burnley uh, podcast from last year uh, we were having the same conversation about Pardew and we were talking about leaving it till Christmas and um, and that that uh, podcast is still available on H O L Radio forward slash downloads or podcasts, uh, and you can and you're, the the similarities between the two games and the irony being it's Burnley again this weekend are remarkable. Really, um, I just hope they give them a chance
3: what was remarkable about that when we were talking about potentials to replace him? Um, it was the day after Frank De Boer had been sacked and you actually brought up Frank De Boer as an option. As a replacement. I know.
5: And, and the other strange thing about it was we were talking about Pardew's changes style on that podcast. Mm. OK, uh, and the fact that we were in the bottom three. And the change of style, not a good time to do a change of style Pardew. And bloody hell, here we are. And this is where it really concerns me with the Frank de Boer situation because we were talking about Pardue's change of style, okay, and the fact that we were, we didn't have the players for it. We have changed the style already to uh, Central 3 under Frank de Boer. And now we're going to – there's massive talk about changing it back to a 4-whatever-it-is-for-this-weekend. Mm. And therefore yeah. – therefore, you know, are we ready to change the style again? Okay.
3: Oh, so let's, let's, let's leave that there. Let's talk about those bits later because I don't want to get bogged down in that just, just this second. And just, just for clarity, you would never have put that Benteke chance away because you wouldn't have got there, mate. You would have been back <laughs> on the halfway line somewhere. So don't pretend. Um, Eskiff, one thing that um, has also sort of been a bit prominent in this is all the reports about players already turning on the manager. Player revolt is becoming a bit of an age-old
4: story in the last few seasons, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, just to just to quickly go back, back to the last point about us being unlucky, um, to, be, to be the misery guts that everyone expects, um, I, I don't really think we have. Maybe against Liverpool, because um, we played all right, but, you know, I came out of the Huddersfield and Swansea games thinking we deserve to lose. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, and then, you know, sort of linking that with the player revolt, it, it's not a good look that this is keeps coming up. Um, you know, we, we've had a, quite a few managers now since we've been in the Premier League and these sort of rumblings keep coming back. Um, and even though, I, you know, I've got no idea what's going on there, that I feel like there must be something to it if, you know, every manager we get, this sort of thing comes comes up again. Um, and, you know, as as fans, I think all we want is, you know, it's cliched, but you just want to see the players play for the shirt. Um, do the best they can, and you know if, if if we lose a game, but we've given everything, that's fine. But if the players are starting to turn against the manager already, then you wonder, you know, are they are they giving everything? Um, do, do, are they sort of waiting for the next person to come in? Um, you know, it's it's not a great. Even if there's nothing there, the fact that these stories are coming out isn't great for the mm. sort of confidence of the fans and the, and the general sort of rumblings around the stadium at the moment. So um, yeah, disappointing if true. And even if not, it's, it's a bit worrying that it's, you know, leaked through to all the fans. Yes, it certainly is. Um, I think
3: uh, all I'm going to say on it is I think Damien Delaney as well passed his sell-by date as a Crystal Palace player. And I will just leave that <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> I think it was basically a moment. I think Parrish and De Boer are having a, well, it's kind of a game of pokers being played. I, I think that Steve Parrish clearly doesn't like De Boer. I think he feels that he's made a mistake. But, you know, how many times can he get rid of a manager or lose a manager, f- fail to retain a manager since we got to the Premier League today? When it gets to the stage that who's going to want to come and be our manager, basically, because he seems like more and more impossible to work with. And the Sacco signing seems like it's been pushed on the ball. And, you know, m- there's a lot of things now that are starting to clock up that I really think that good quality managers are going to think twice before potentially taken over at Palace. I mean, obviously, the names that were being mentioned, the Roy Hodgson and Daesh. um, I don't even know if we can go and get Daesh, if I'm honest, anymore. And if we could, isn't it it a bit of, of a step backwards? I mean, I feel like we have this huge identity crisis going on where... I don't even think Steve Parrish knows what he wants us to be. I think one minute he wants us to get into the top 10, playing free-flowing football, and then other minutes he's like, oh, no, I haven't got the nerve for that. Let's go back to defending and hitting on the counter-attack. I just... It's going to be really interesting to see what happens this weekend. I think um, even if we pick up a win against Burnley, is that going to save his job? The reports are that, you know, a win against Burnley will keep him safe for a bit. And then after that, you've got a string of games that you're not expected to win. You know, having to travel to Old Trafford and the Etihad. But um, it's going to be a really, really interesting few weeks in the the history of the club, because I think to blink now um, and get rid of a man that you felt like was the right choice in the summer to progress to where you wanted to be and then just to get rid and go back to where square one effectively and bring in another very English manager like we've had in the terms of Pulis, Warnock, Pardew etc etc I I don't know it's going to be interesting to see anyway let's head off to a jingle and after that we'll be back to discuss the weekend's game against Burnley Homesdale Radio
0: preview podcast crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans
3: right um, I didn't want to get into playing style above Nick because we'll do that now <laughs> so let's just let's just clear up if the ball loses Nick will he be sacked
5: yes uh, unfortunately yes and I think you used the expression just a minute ago uh, that Palace will blink and let him go Sadly, I don't think he'll be given any more time um, and I think it's the wrong move uh, because you were talking about who will come in uh, Roy Hodgson's been mentioned. Mate, he's the only person on this planet that's actually older than me. Uh, so, no, he's not the right person. And I'll say that before you said it. Uh, they, will, they will look towards Sammy Lee. They will look towards Dougie in some sort of way. But, um, yeah, I'm sadly to say, I think they will release him. Um, it'll cost them a fortune, mind you, but they will release him.
3: Um, Heskiff, do you think he'll be the first manager ever to get sacked uh, half an hour before a game? If, if he lines... <laughs> If
4: his lineup looks like a back three, he uh, should I mean, be in the changing room sacking him. Yeah, uh, may, maybe through Parrish's Instagram account or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's it's tough, isn't it? Uh, you could conceivably, you know, worst case scenario, we get to the end of that Chelsea game in sort of a few games' time where we haven't got got a point. Um, the, the Burnley and Southampton games are very important, um, and, and Burnley have had a pretty good start to the season, so it's definitely not. An easy game come coming up on Sunday, um, and and obviously a lot of the talk is about back three, back four, that sort of thing. Um, but w- what I think, you know, confuses me a little bit with getting managers in that you know change the way we play. Um, is this what I think is a misconception that Palace fans want us to have possession based football? Um, I, I don't really understand the point in changing it. We're we're good at counter attacking. Uh, we've got the players to do it. You know, we we've got players like Luca and Kabai who can break up play and move it forward, and Wilf and Townsend on the wing, Benteki up top. You know, he, he's going to score a lot of headers if you get get the crosses into him. Um, and I just, you know, slowing the game down and trying to trying to play the ball around a lot doesn't really suit us. And I, I don't really know any Palace fans that want want that type of football. You know, we if we're successful playing the way we do, um, then that's that's what we all want. You know, if you think if you think back to uh, Anfield last season, we played counter-attacking football. Liverpool had quite a bit of the ball. Um, but we got a win, you know, we got a, a goal on the break um to equalize. And it's, you know, everyone came away from that game very happy. And I think more than, you know, just the three at the back, which is definitely a problem because it's it's looked crap so far this season. Um is this sort of idea that we need to have more of the ball and and play around a lot more? Because I just I just don't really see the point, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I'm, I've talked about this before and said
3: it's gonna. It was always going to be a hard sell to play a slower style of football. It's just when it's just not what we're used to at Palace. We've been direct. We're it's it's in our psyches and it's not going anywhere. Um, And I feel it's a. Sh- I think it's a shame that. um, we can't view it slightly differently and persist a bit more with three at the back and is obviously wasn't going to be an overnight success. I don't think it could ever have been that, but um, I just feel like it's a bit <laughs> regressive to go to a back four, but I think he has no choice. Obviously all the reports are coming out saying that basically he has to alter the style. And if, if he doesn't show willingness to alter the style, then then he'll lose his job. Um, so I, I think, Clearly, it's going to be a four-three-three-four-five-one situation, back to what we were. Um, Nick, does Jason him fit anywhere in
5: there? I hope not. Uh, I seriously hope not. I was. Um, I think a lot of it depends on who's actually available for selection because uh, we. Well, it's pretty clear that Wills not going to be available. It, it does, is uh, Sacco available? I mean, I was actually. I did my um, Philpotts Palace prediction thing earlier on. Recorded that. I'm working on the assumption that he wasn't fit because he's still only on bike training and then shortly after I released it uh, I noticed that um Sacco's been doing full training with the squad today so uh, a lot of it all depends on who's available uh if, if he is available uh, Puncher will drop out because he'll go for flat back four and I'm hoping he's going to play Kabai and uh MacArthur in the middle because MacArthur's actually found a little vein of form if you know it's for Scotland
3: uh well yeah he's got a few goals now and if you include the ipswich goals in there um heskiff you think Punchin is would benefit from a breakout of the first team
4: yeah i do um I, you know i'm a big big fan of punch um you know i'm glad that he's a you know here as a club captain he's a, he's a palace fan and and that's all great but he hasn't really done it for the last oh, year i would say um you know, we, we we used to see when he first came. We used to see him cutting in, getting a lot of goals, important goals as well. Um, and you know, he's even got a reluctance to shoot now. Um, the goals that Mc, uh, that MacArthur scored against Ipswich are the sort of goals I'd expect from Punchin, um, mm. but he, he just doesn't look like doing it. And um, yeah, I think he needs to, you know, get get put on the bench. Um, obviously, depending who's who's fit, but certainly I want to see Luca and Kabai in midfield. If loftus cheeks fit, then then get him in there. If not, yeah, I'd I'd like to see Jimmy in there. Just to give it a bit more energy, you know, at least MacArthur sort of runs around and is a bit of a pain in the arse. Um, I think punching just seems to I know we want to slow the game down under this formation, but he, he seems to do it a little bit too much for me. Mm. So let's assume we're moving to a back four, Nick. Who who's your back four?
3: go for, go from left to right so left back two centre backs right back
5: okay uh, left back will be Jeffrey schlupp in my opinion over van aanholt um, again do we know whether reederveld is available but let's, yeah, work just, a, let's
3: just assume everyone's fit for now
5: okay well uh, my feeling is he'll go with schlupp fossing Menser on the other side dan and i'm hoping Sacco. okay so
3: i think i think sako's still off of off of being fit isn't he so
5: well okay case, then, uh uh about in one of the positions in there
3: oh. yeah okay and um heski if, if I in an ideal world everyone's fit who do you have as your back four
5: yeah I
4: feel I'd, I'd give Schlupp a go at left back I don't I don't think he's great but Van Arnhold's not had a good start to the season correct uh, um yeah. I'd probably put Fossu Mensah at right back and then Centre-backs, so I'd probably play Dan and Tompkins. I think they, they, they work all right together. But Tompkins, if Tompkins injured then and Sacco's not available, then it's got to be
5: Riederval, is not it? So Fossey-Mansu in for Warden, yeah?
4: yeah? Yeah, I'd have him at right-back.
3: Yeah, I, um, I tend to agree. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm the same with you guys going for Jeffrey Schlupp at left-back as well. I think Van Arnhal's stock is really low amongst Palace fans at the moment. He's had a really rocky start to the season. And um, in an ideal world, if everyone's fit... Then Tompkins and Sacco, I think, put together a really decent partnership at the back end of last season before Tompkins got injured at Anfield. So I think that would be my back two. Um, Right, let's let's get off of this. Let's get someone else involved in the call. We'll head up to a jingle and then we will be joined by Natalie. From the No Nay Never Podcast.
0: Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans.
3: Right, we're now joined by Natalie from the Bernie podcast that is no nay never. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks for joining us.
6: No problem at all. Thanks for having us.
3: Alright, no so um decent start to the season. How are you feeling about um the results so far?
6: good. Um, I think when you look at that opening fixture list and you see that we've got to go away to Chelsea, home to West Brom and uh, away at Spurs you kind of look at that and think well if you get three points from that then you'll be pretty happy. Um, The home loss against West Brom was was fairly disappointing but to be honest West Brom are a very well established Premier League side now and they're actually very very difficult to beat Um, I really like what they're doing this season. I think they are looking to take um, things a bit further. I think they're looking to step up and really uh, push on to the top top of the, the table rather than just sort of being in, in the middle there or thereabouts. Um, so it, it's not necessarily the end of the world that we didn't beat them at home, but to go away at Chelsea and win and then to get a point away at Spurs, to put us on four points after those three fixtures, how can you not be absolutely
0: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The ecstatic.
3: Yeah, um, I just had to stop the producer there from cutting you off for saying that you appreciate what Tony Pulis is doing. <laughs> Sorry,
6: <laughs> that's not a very popular opinion, is it? I know it's, it's correct. Uh, let's try and forget who he is and let's just forget about the character but like, as as a club i, I can see that they, they're trying to improve themselves which is is admirable you've got to look at it that way that's that's well, clutching I, know, but...
3: I, think they've made, <laughs> I think they've done some fantastic business in them yeah, in this too. window and uh, cheap prices as well which Absolutely. is not really pulis's forte is spending money so to, to do it on the budget yeah. but anyway let's let's not talk about west brom let's talk no. about Burnley. <laughs> that, um Opening day at Chelsea was ridiculous, right?
6: It, honestly, I, I genuinely thought for a brief moment that somebody had hit me really hard on the head. And I just kept looking at the, the results. And I unfortunately, I couldn't make the Chelsea game because I was away. Um, so I was just trying to catch up with it on my phone. And, and I literally was just, do you just look at your phone and just think, that's got to be wrong, surely we're 3-0 down surely somebody is, at, at Sky has just got the, the, the numbers on the wrong way around but but it was really good and and I think the most encouraging thing was is that everybody knows how much we struggled away from home last season, it's, it was very well documented and it became kind of boring by the end of the season and it took us until sorry, you guys away <laughs> I just remembered who I was talking to don't you, you hear the words come out of your mouth and go oh no, why did you go down that route <laughs> so everybody knows we really struggled last season so to, to just to go out on the opening day of the season away from home at the Champions in a really tough place to win and just to play that positively was hugely encouraging and I, I genuinely don't expect us to struggle away from home again this season.
3: Yeah, I'm not surprised you've thought that Sky might have it wrong. They've been using yeah. Yannick, <laughs> they've been using Yannick Bellassi's picture um, to represent Jeffrey Schlup ever since he signed for Palace. Really, like... uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, so um, they, they they're not good at getting things right all the time. No. But no, it was we were the same at at Palace, just checking the scores during the game, just being like, what is going on over there? Yeah. You know. Sending that must off have been goal, hugely goal.
6: disappointing for you the first game of the season though to to have that fixture which is is already a I hate to use the word six pointer, but you guys must have been really disappointed with that first game.
3: Well, we have um, a sort of attitude in South London that as soon as you see that fixture drawn out, you know you know you're going to lose you it. Know. Yeah, you
6: do <laughs> you just... exactly. And,
3: and for extra bonuses, we've drawn them in the next round of the League Cup at home, so they can oh, come back really? oh, no. do it again. Do it again,
5: Neil. Yeah,
6: but that that's not that's not the fixture you want to win. You'd rather lose the League Cup <laughs> and beat them in the in the actual Premier League, wouldn't you? Oh no, what a shame. But yeah, it, no. they, it won't. Huddersfield did exactly what they were supposed to do in those. When you look at their first three fixtures and they had the opportunity to get the points on the board they did exactly what they were supposed to do um, they they've now got a series of, of really tough fixtures so i expect that they will um sort of get so, sort of face the realities of premier league life i think soon
3: Yes, um, I think we'll need them too because we need three yeah. teams to be worse than us this season.
6: <laughs> we, honestly, Burnley, we're exactly the same. I was genuinely concerned coming into this season, and I think a lot of us were because you kind of looked at the the the, 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 the teams and you think, okay, um, let's assume that Huddersfield and Brighton both go down just purely, and that's no disrespect to those fans, if any are listening. It's purely just based on Premier League experience. Sometimes, no matter how well you play, just that naivety of Premier League life can sometimes see you get relegated. So I was looking at the, the fixture list and thinking, well, if 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 Newcastle survive, I can't actually name any other side that's going to be worse than Burnley. And I thought, oh my God, it's going to be us. Like I, the, I honestly thought at the beginning of the season, it was going to be Burnley, Huddersfield, Brighton who would go down. So I'm feeling a little bit more confident now in that I think we've set off well and we look a lot better than we did last season. Um. So I'm feeling a little bit better, but I think I share I share your guys you you guys I share your concerns. I think I think it's three from Huddersfield, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Swansea, Palace. I think mm. there's three from them. So hopefully for all of our sakes, the yeah. three sides need to go back down. Sorry, guys. Right. Know, As long <laughs> Brighton, we're alright. Yeah. We
5: yeah. want Brighton to go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I
6: can imagine. I can imagine that's going to be – I'm looking forward to that game. It's going to be a a tasty fixture. I can't wait.
3: <laughs> so um, your transfer window, is that filled you with any more confidence?
6: Um, yes and no. Um, I was incredibly pleased with the early business that we did. Um, Jack Cork from Swansea, who of course played at Burnley a few years ago, uh, he's returned to Turf more. He's just the missing piece of the puzzle that we needed in, in the, the midfield. I think he's going to really um, help us to be a lot stronger next season and just to, um, I, well, he kind of plays a Joy Barton role, but fresher and a little bit more skillful. And I think he's enabled us to play a 4 5 1. Uh, formation with five in midfield and we just look a lot more um, positive and a lot stronger in that midfield. Um, Wood, Chris Wood from Leeds um, is going to be a fantastic backup for Sam That The problem with that with Burnley, if you then uh, play a 4-5-1 formation, is that you're relying on your sole striker up front to be pretty ruthless in front of goal. And as much as I adore Sam Vaux, I'm a huge Sam Vaux fan. He can be a little hit and miss at times. Um, and sometimes he needs four or five chances to score one. And you just do not have the luxury of that amount of chances in the Premier League. Um, Chris Wood is just like for like. So you just bring them on and, you know, you'd interchange them. And I think it's going to give us more goals as we saw at Spurs, Chris Wood fought and fought and got his equalizer in the 88th minute. And, um, the rest of the, the the summer signings were very much uh, cover for left-back, right-back with Phil Barzer coming in from Stoke. Um, we brought Charlie Taylor, a young lad from Leeds, who's a fantastic talent at left-back. Um, we brought John Walters in from Stoke to do, do more cover as well. Um, and we've just signed Naki Wells as well from Huddersfield, which was a bit of a weird signing if I'm brutally honest. And I, I hate to be a bit of a downer on players when they've just come in, but it doesn't seem to me logical that we're signing strikers who a newly promoted relegation rival can't get into their first team. Um, I I just doesn't see, I just didn't, I don't really know where he sits yet. Now it might just be that he's back up and for 5 million quid, why not? Um, my only concern with our summer transfer window is we never, and this was deliberate by Dyche. We didn't replace Michael Keane. Um, I think as first choice centre halves, Ben Me and James Tarkovsky are absolutely fine. It just takes one injury or one suspension and we have zero cover in that position. Um now it might be that that Deitch has got um confidence in long who would come in to cover um i wasn't entirely convinced at the back end of last season to be honest um let's wait and see but i think from from a relegation battle for you guys who keep an eye on how we're doing if you see any suspensions or injuries to either me or Tarkovsky, then uh you should be pretty happy because I think we will struggle in defence. And it just worries me that we're going to have to score a lot more goals because we're going to ship more goals. And I don't know if we've got those goals on our side. So I'd give Sean Dyche maybe a B minus if we're going to go old school. Yeah, we're going to go old school. B minus, Sean. But, you know, that's the beauty of the transfer windows. If everything goes horribly wrong, we just buy a centre-half in January and see where we are.
4: Well, we've got eight sure, sorry, sorry to in, interrupt. Can you imagine doing your business early and having a backup for your striker? Yeah.
5: Can you imagine no, doing no. that? It doesn't <laughs> correlate. Does, oh, I don't really. know what you're talking about. It doesn't correlate. We,
6: we um, have yeah. three three striker backups now. Do you want one? <laughs> Shall I send one yeah. down? Well,
5: <laughs> well, well, we'll
3: swap one with a centre-back if that's okay. So we've we've got eight centre-backs and one striker. So <laughs> How
4: about can you a manager just, as well, please?
6: Uh, no, absolutely, one hundred percent not. I swear to God, the day that that guy and he will move on. I I don't know whether it will be this season or next season, but I do. I've, I've kind of got that feeling that he's coming to the end of that cycle, where he's perhaps taken Burnley as far as he possibly can. Um, and I'm just a little bit worried that I'm actually I'm actually really worried about you guys, to be honest, because he was quite um he wasn't secretive about his desire to join you in the summer when you had a managerial vacancy. Um, if you You sack your manager, I genuinely am concerned. I do feel like um, Deitch will go. I think you'll get him if if you sacked Deboe. Is it right. Deboe? Is that how you pronounce it? Deboe? Yeah. Debert. yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Let's, let's get rid and get Daish then. That's, no, that's please, just... please don't. <laughs> Look, can we not just all agree to be friends? Deboe turns it around. You stay up, we stay up. You don't need to take our manager. We can all just be friends and then it'll be fine.
3: <laughs> right. Um, final point. Uh, you said that you've gone to a 451. Now, what's interesting is when I'm um, I saw Naki Wells come in with, and Wood as well. I just assumed it will be one of Wood and Vokes and Wells just sort of playing off of them a little bit. Because, yeah. because Vokes, does he ever lose a header? He's a bit like Ben Tekno. No, he, he never really seems doesn't. to lose a header. <laughs> no, he's
6: yeah. really good that way. I, I honestly don't know. I, the, the midfield, the way he's set up looks like it's always going to be 4-5-1. Um, that's why, uh, you know, he's, he's brought Walters in as well, who can also play in a 4-4-2. Mm. So I, I suspect that Deitch has realised that he needs a backup, um, um, in that his, his preferred option will be four five one with that first choice midfield. Um, we, when we've got suspensions or injuries or some tactics require us to move into a four four two, he has real quality options on the bench, and that's why I think he's brought Wells and, and uh, Walters. And I think he realises that sometimes you just need to change formation slightly, and that will do it
3: yeah, so I think it will be we'll be switching back to probably to a four, three, three, four, five, one this weekend. So we'll probably yeah, I read that though. today
6: actually in the in the press, I heard it because he's been playing with uh, three some that like three at the back hasn't he, at the beginning, and it's just not been working at all.
3: Yeah, um, all 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 lost at sea is what it seems like. Oh, really? Everyone, we've got well, more centre so backs in the box, but um yeah, how there's... are you playing
6: with three at the back when you've got eight centre halves? What's going on there?
3: Yeah, well, we're <laughs> playing three at the back. Yet, yeah, whenever the ball was crossed into the penalty area, it always seems to find the opposition. So, more centre backs, more chances for the opposition. So,
6: how um, you play? Th- what what will you play this weekend? Then, will you go back to to four five one? Did you say then? I missed. Yeah,
3: f- yeah, four five one, four three three ish. We've always sort of been fluid between the two. Um, yeah. obviously. See, without Wilfizarha, it's um, it'll it'll be one of a few players that will potentially yeah. play in at the front three with Benteke and Townsend, um, and then it will just be a more solid bank. I think he's that he's. It's no secret that the ball has to go back to a four yeah. three to, to save his job.
6: I think that's what I heard. I don't no. understand, in all honesty, how and you guys, I'm sure, will be banging your heads against a wall here, but just the sheer quality of players that you have in your squad. I don't understand how you found yourself for the past two seasons scrapping at the bottom. You shouldn't be anywhere near the bottom. You should be in the same brackets as your Southamptons, West Ham's, West Brom's. Bournemouth, I guess. I know they've struggled at the start of this season. Watford, now they're pressing on really well. You shouldn't be in this bottom group of players. There's, there's got to be something, and I can imagine it's hugely frustrating for you all that it's do you to, just. Do not. you want to come
5: down and be our manager?
6: <laughs> I'm not sure that they would want me to be honest, yeah, <laughs> especially it, for relegation rival. I'll get you sent down. <laughs>
3: yeah, Natalie, it's re- it's really quite simple. There's just no stability at the club. It's always the managers yeah. changing every six months. Um, there's so a constantly hard. change of style. Yeah, but um, we've already gone on about this loads before you came on the line. Oh, sorry, so.
6: I'm repeating, listeners. All right,
3: I- you're right. So what we <laughs> always end on is um a prediction from the opposition. So what do you think the score is going to be?
6: Um, I have to back my boys. I'm sorry. I can't bet against us. Um, Burnley at Turf Moor, Turfmore albeit apart from a slip up against West Brom, we are very strong there. I think they will be hugely encouraged by the two away performances. Um, I'm expecting a 2-0 win to Burnley.
3: Oh, my God, we're still not scoring goals. Uh, Natalie, thank you so much for joining You're us. You're very you welcome. And um, we will definitely be in contact later in the season for the yeah, return. Yeah, absolutely.
6: Game. Definitely. Good luck, guys. Thanks,
3: uh, Natalie. Bye. Take care. Bye. bye.
0: Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans.
3: Right, so now it's time for our predictions. We heard Natalie there go for a 2-0 to Perley. Still, Still no goals. Um, Nick, I can't remember the predictions from last week. I know I said um, nil-nil for the Swansea game, and that obviously didn't pan out. It should have done, really, if we didn't be so defensively stupid. Uh, What did you say for the game?
5: I can't remember, but the very fact that Chris Hamblin is top of the whole (laughs) radio uh, predictions board worries me intently, no doubt. But I can't remember what I said, so I'm, I'm below him, and that's no good.
3: He only predicted one game as well, didn't he? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Um, this week, we've had, again, quite a lot of listeners predictions. Thanks for everyone who gets involved. I haven't got time to read them all out. So um, the ones I have got, at Soiree Sorcery has gone three twos to Burnley. At least we get the first goals on the board there. Um, Sean, 2-1 Burnley. Players underperform and FD, FDB is under more pressure. Um, oh, yeah. Palace win. 1-0. <laughs> own goal. That's very pasta from Paul there. 1-1 um, one, one draw, Tristan thinks, um, with a late equaliser for Burnley. Vedster hmm. uh, has gone 2-1 Palace, also suggesting late goals, but for Palace on this occasion. And Mike Newman predicts that he'll either be ecstatic or beyond hope. Um, whole radio predictions, selection of, Tim's gone for 2-1 to Burnley, Billiam's gone 3-2 to Burnley, and Hambo's gone 1-0 to Burnley. So following on that trend let's get your first ever prediction Heskiff and I'm sure it's going to be a
4: similar vein uh, I would be absolutely delighted with a draw um but we won't <laughs> we we won't get one I reckon we're going to lose 2-0 um are you going to be up there on Sunday I'm not unfortunately much much oh. as I'd like to see us lose again oh I enjoyed our <laughs> beers in the cricket club last year yeah, yeah it was, it was nice lot- w- walking past a lot of Burnley fans telling us we would come a long way for nothing on the way <laughs>
3: Good, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, because that was the whole singing, um, 2 0 when you it up to them, and then they scored the winner.
4: And, and then, then we they... remembered Alan Pargey.
5: yeah,
3: <laughs> hmm, sad times. Uh, Nick, what's your prediction?
5: Well, the fact that both teams, by the look of it, are going to be playing 4-5-1, it's got a draw all over it. Now, whether it's going to be a score draw or not, I think that we've got to... The law of averages means we've got to score a goal at some point. So I'm actually going to go with a 1-1 one, one as well. Uh, OK,
3: that's uh, so what I've put. I've put a 1-1. One, one. So let's separate us with a goal. If, if we get the goal scorer right, we can get a bonus point.
5: Right, OK. Um, as I'm going first, I get to choose the pick pick of the bunch, and then I'm going to take Benteke. header then.
3: Okay, then I will go for a uh, yo and goodbye goal. I don't know, don't, know don't know why. Feeling frisky. <laughs> feeling, feeling some ooh um, The poll result on the Twitter, Homes Radio account, at Hull Radio. The options this week were, will the result be a Frank revival, a the Boer draw, or a waving hand emoji to suggest goodbye to Frank De Boer? 50%. I've gone for Frank revival, 18% for a De Boer draw, and 32% are suggesting that it will be a loss. And there, for Frank De Boer's last game in charge, we shall see on Sunday at whatever ridiculous hour they want us in Burnley for. So, um, some very good TV pickings there. At least I'm going up on Friday night. Oh, sorry, not Friday night. That would be very keen. I'm going up on Saturday, Saturday night. night. Saturday, right? Yes, for the early start, right? Um, now we will have a message from the review show over to you, Hambo.
2: Hello, you lovely people. This is Chris Hambling from the review show. Hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to Terrence going on about stuff or whatever it is he does. He him, but, um, I'm just I just wanted to point you in the direction of our live show that goes out on Sundays. Oh, oh, I mean it does, it does go out on Sundays, but this week it's going out on Monday at 8pm because of the fact that we are playing on Sunday, so how about that, you know. Uh, anyway, before I start to ramble, i better sort of move towards wrapping us up. But you know, listen, I was joking earlier, I do really enjoy everything that uh, T-Bone does. He's, uh, he's a fantastic presenter, love the way he likes the show, and uh, occasionally some other people have interesting things to sell it as well. So he is a bit smug though, i find kind of all-knowing, all-seeing, yeah, I'll go over every game, blah, 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 it, you know, it gets a bit tedious, really, you can be honest. At, Still, he tries, uh and that's the main thing, he's, no, he has paid a few people to say it's their favourite show, and it's better than the review show, but how can it possibly be true? Because I'm on it. Anyway, uh, I suppose best to sort of go now. Uh, I'm wondering just how long I can go on before uh, Billy will edit this uh, to make it sound a bit snappier, and, uh, not really ruin the flow of the show. I could probably talk for a while. Basically, I'm in this. I'm in a hotel at the moment uh, in a little Reading, Reading Town Centre. I work in Reading, and every now and then I uh, just like to catch up on a few hours' sleep by staying in the hotel. But what, what I did today which is why I'm struggling a little bit. Is I decided to eat about three people's worth of curry because. Um, the hotel's sort of attached to a to a curry house. You know? Is that what they call curry house? Yeah, anyway. So it's attached to a curry house, and I've got like a thirty pound limit for dinner. So I, I feel that like that's a challenge. I try to eat it, eat thirty pounds worth of curry. Oh, I'm gonna die! I think. I'm gonna die. But if I don't die, I'll speak to you someday. Maybe.
3: Well, they always say that um, if you haven't got haters, you haven't made it. (laughs) So um, Hambo there certainly getting very animated when he talked about me. Whenever he was talking about Palace, I don't know if you noticed, it was very miserable and downtrodden. As soon as he got to me, he was um, very enthusiastic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Hambo. I believe in in amongst all that, he said the show's going out Monday this week because the game's on Sunday. So make sure you tune in live on Monday night. And of course, the podcast version will be available after. So that's it for this week, guys. Um, Heskiff, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it will certainly day. not be the last time that you are on this show.
4: And, and I, uh, just before we go, give a little shout out to the only Palace fan who's more miserable than me. You certainly can. He's my mate, miserable Dave Perry. Who yeah. reckons the only signing we're going to make is the goalkeeper that we just released because no one else wants to join us? <laughs> yeah, I was.
3: I'm. I'm sort of between that and re-signing Joe Ledley. It'll probably be one of those two <laughs> things. Um, and of course, thank you to Nick for joining us. As always, my, my pleasure. My um, undisputed king of talking uninformed nonsense.
5: That's great. Proud to proud to wear that title.
3: Yes. Big up the BBS for giving us <laughs> many, many joyous laughs. And um, seriously, as everyone in there, uh, we, we take the comments um, in a way I hope they're intended, which is very, you know, lighthearted and funny and whatever. So um, continue abusing us because basically we're fine with it. <laughs> and... Um, thanks also goes to Natalie for joining us a uh, very informed Bernie fan there and of course to Billiam in the background for making us sound as wonderful as we do or or don't whichever one it is so we'll be back next week uh, with the preview for Southampton I do know my fixtures look at that but until then up the palace